Hey, what's good? You already know what time it is, baby. We back on it. It's the night shift. It's your boys right here. It's Riley T all the way up in the Pacific Northwest. It's your boy, Big V, all the way down here in the desert, Phoenix, Arizona. It's your boys. It's enough said. How you doing tonight, Riley? Doing great since the Blazers won, Virgil. It's all that's you already know. Fresh off the Blazer game, three, three or four. How many more games we got tomorrow? And then it's playoff time, baby. Four games tomorrow. They're all meaningless. All the games are set. So besides the West playing, uh, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just honestly, I'm looking forward to an NBA free day tomorrow. I probably won't watch any of the games. Because I get a little bit annoyed with the whole resting and everything, and just I don't like watching this bomb basketball and just hoisting threes that it turns into. But I mean, the bubble has been fantastic. I've been, it's been entertaining. I've made thousands of dollars. Life doesn't get much better than it has been these last two weeks. COVID and for any <laughs> COVID or not, um, I would have to say the bubble is a smashing success. It was extremely entertaining. I could tell there was the guys had a little bit of edge. There's a little bit something extra. Um, we'll probably, we'll never see this ever again. There'll be fans back in the the stands next season. Um, probably limited limited at the beginning, and then they'll probably over time add more people um, as we go. But Dude, the I, games tomorrow. Here, I just, you saying? I just think that this is so, what they have right now with this bubble and not having like the crowded baselines and being able to hear like I watched the other day the Blazer game on TNT overtime with no announcing. It's just – it's basketball is such a good product for TV. It is. I'm, I'm honestly going to miss it when fans come back. Like, and just the fact that, like, the officiating, I felt – it's been ticky-tacky at times. Like, they've called some small stuff. But I think the officiating has been a lot better without them being influenced by fans. So, I think if of all the sports, basketball was made for COVID sports. It's such a good good TV product. Like, if you go to an NBA game, it's good and all. It doesn't really necessarily have the atmosphere unless it's a playoff game of, like, football or even that old-school family-in-the-park feeling of baseball. But – and it just pops on TV. So, this I you really can't say enough about the NBA and the leadership, though, that they have. They've balanced everything. I feel like it – they had – you know, they're not going to make everybody happy, but this lead, this was fantastic, I thought. No, absolute success. Um, the games for tomorrow, um, all Western time, because we are a Western time zone show, we got Nuggets and Raptors in the morning at 10.30, Heat Pacers at 1 o'clock, Thunder Clippers at 3.30, and then to cap it all off, Rockets and 76ers at 6. And... Most likely, I believe all those teams um, already have their seeds, so they will be resting players, as you said earlier. Yeah. And, I mean, and all those games are pretty bad, except the Nuggets game. It's watching the Nuggets' young players is pretty entertaining. I might it bet is. on them because they got like that Dozier kid and Bull Bull. And if MPJ plays all, which they'll probably rest him because he's hit, he's at that point right now of how good he's played. But uh, they, that's like the one game where if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at my house in the morning before work, I may throw that on with some coffee and a little bit of computer work before I start my day just to kind of peep bowl bowl and what they got going on. But the Rockets, I swear to God, the Rockets and the 76ers 
that's going to be the worst game of the NBA season. Those teams have the two worst deep benches of anybody. So <laughs> avert your eyes. Don't watch for the fans. Yeah. yeah, so I will I will probably not be – I'll probably tune in to a few games just for score purposes and stat purposes for the show, but I don't know if I'll be sitting down um, like I did tonight. Yan- tonight Yankees-Braves. Yankees-Braves tomorrow afternoon in the matinee. They, I, that's why we want to be watching. I'll probably be on a little bit of baseball. I've been on a little baseball kick too. Play a little video games. Put put some sports on the big t- uh, the big screen. So, I, I outside of the Yankees, I haven't followed much since that's my team. But I don't know. I mean, we gotta definitely do a little baseball breakdown. I have some Yankees things I want to talk about. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into some baseball going down later into the show. We are going to right now since it's hot. It's Right, right, fresh in our minds, Dame Dollar gets the eighth seed, and the Trailblazers have a showdown with the Grizzlies 11:30 on Saturday. They pull it off. They win by one point. Uh, just give me an analyst of the game tonight between Brooklyn and Portland. Well, well, you- uh, well Virgil, you know we're all we all hail from Oregon uh, on the show. Me, you, and our absentee producer Chase, and. I mean, uh, I, I, born in Houston, born in Houston. I'm never going to claim Oregon like that. But you grew up here. You became a man here. So. I became um, a man in Cali. So, but more or less, you're a fucking Blazers fan. You grew up amongst us. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Blazers fan. Always have been. I can't get it out of myself. I can't. Yeah, so, and what I'm trying to say is so we all root for the Blazers. Didn't have to get that deep with it. Not Wikipedia. Um, so, I mean, obviously, and we know a lot of people that live in Portland. So I've been getting, and everyone knows that I'm the biggest fan of the team. I follow them religiously. And like, so people have been texting me like, oh, we got this locked up. Like, don't sweat it. And I was telling them, I'm like, no, I've watched this Brooklyn team three or four times. And they hoist a lot of threes. Yes. These dudes play fearless. And the guys I was scared of, I With told people, blues. I said, Karis LeVert is a baller. Which he proved that tonight, and I said absolutely. Timothy Timothy Luwawu Cabaret, I've seen him bang shots the whole time, and honestly, he didn't get as hot as he has been tonight. But he hit, you know, I want to say four or five threes, and that team just plays tough. They just they play. They they're a bunch of guys playing for contracts and to stay in the league. And uh, I mean, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, but. They're gutsy to watch. So I thought this would be yeah. a tough game, especially with our play style. Um, yeah. But I, and with the trapping on Lillard, I think was probably the defining moment of the game. Yeah, that's the thing that uh, guys, people were talking about today on ESPN game plan and going forward, how people are going to really start playing the Blazers going forward. Yeah, so. but you saw it though. It's like the Blazers, we put a, I say we like I'm on the team, but the Blazers put up. <laughs> 134 points against that because it's not like Carmelo Anthony, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, and Gary Trent can't, they, can't they can play dogs. or Hassan like those guys can score. So I just don't think, like, if you look at the Lakers, I doubt the Lakers come out with that defense. Because did you the, know Hassan side was leading the league in blocks? Yeah, I knew that. I did not know that. I've been on, I've been on Hassan's head. All year long, but now I'm starting to see that we li- we might that. Sorry, I'm doing the we thing. <laughs> I'm starting to see that the Blazers have they have a squad. They got a team. 
that can prop that can really push in the playoffs. And you need guys that are leading in categories in the league to make those to make those runs. And I didn't. Well, and he my point. Oh, and he definitely stepped up tonight. My counterpoint on Hassan is. When you're a center, it's not as much about the block, like the amount of blocks. It's the type of blocks. Bill, exactly. Ru- Bill Russell used to talk about how blocking the ball out of bounds is like is not that big of a deal, and that a lot of Whiteside's blocks are what I would call cheap blocks and blocks that he chases and sometimes gives rebounds or easy buckets for his guy off of. But Bill Russell would often try like small blocks that he can catch and then get a fast break for his team off of. So that's like a block and a steal all in one. So, mm-hmm. but, but with that being said, and I've been on Whiteside's head too, and I believe deservedly because I think – but out of the respect for this dude is so talented, and I think he showed it tonight. He did. He's – like you talk about game changer off the bench. And my, to finish off my point about the trapping, 134 points. And I would say that this was I, – I know he has the back, but it was not a good su- shooting game for CJ. I've seen Gary Trent shoot better. Carmelo can shoot better. Zach Collins mm-hmm. can shoot better. I, Nurkic can shoot better. So all those guys have a jump shot. Hassan even has a little mid-range. I'm not going to say Mario Hazonia, and I'm not going to talk about Anthony Simons because those dudes – Do you want to see – Mario Hazonia, your favorite player, 11 minutes, one rebound, two points, zero assists. I think he holds the Bill Simmons is he's fond of saying he holds the belt for the worst player in the NBA who gets minutes, and I would <laughs> say he him and Simons the way that Simons has looked they're they're right neck and neck but it doesn't matter when it doesn't matter what happens when you've got literal Superman on your team Damian Lillard you saw the emotion after the game this just I felt like this shit hit different for him and I feel like it, hit, it hit different for the for the city like. Let's say, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we, we, the Blazers beat Memphis one of the two games this weekend. Without, all you need is one. All you need is one. And, you know, it's A, it's, they were talking about a pregame. And, uh, you know, Charles and Kenny, they, this is a legacy moment for Dame because, you know, maybe you never win a title. Maybe, maybe he doesn't ever bring one to Portland, but this is one of those moments where, like, not the eyes of the league and really the eyes of the world are on you. Absolutely. And you step up and you don't, you don't just deliver, you rise to a new level you've never been at before and mm-hmm. you do it in a way where, you know, he's not like I think the way he's so people are so love him so much because he's not, you know, deflecting. It's not Paul George. He's not saying it's a bad shot. He missed the free throws. He owns it. He comes out, he dominates the next three games. Like Exactly. So many of the players in the NBA right now, and even LeBron at times, is, it's so quick to toss the excuse out there. But, you know, you look at Lillard, the guy who, you know, both of our our, whole front, our our whole front court was hurt. CJ's got a broken bone in his back and has not been himself for most of the season. We have no small forward. Ariza opted out. Uh, Rodney Hood ruptured his Achilles this season. And this dude, does he doesn't talk about any of that. He just goes, you know what, it's a me thing. If I'm as good as I say I am, then I'm going to get us to where we need to be, and that's what he did. And then when we yeah. get the, and then you listen to his interviews, and he doesn't talk about him. He 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 gives all the credit up to the team. He talks about other people. He talks about the fans, his family. Like the dude is just something else. Like today, I just couldn't. I he just like blows my mind. Like he's he's you can't say enough about the dude. No, I I really think um, the last week. 
and I feel like a lot of people in the media have, will agree with me on this, is that Damien has taken the step from all-star good player to absolute superstar, to absolute top 10 player in the league, uh, if not maybe top five, top six player in the league. Even with the guys that are injured that are out when they come back, that Dame has really separated himself from the pack now. And now we need to expect more, or this is the the bar has been raised for Damian Lillard. And I think he's really up to the challenge. And I think he he can deliver. And I think we're seeing it uh day by day, game by game. Um it's just we're seeing a star like transform into a supernova you know what i'm saying like this is crazy and um his stat line tonight he had a double double with 42 points not only 40 and now a lot, a lot of like and something the shack said and brought up the guys that score a lot sometimes don't 42 points 12 assists and then he throw three rebounds on top of that. And you got when you say forty-two points, I believe he took only twenty-two shots. So that's insane efficiency. That means every time you're putting the shot up, he's getting like one point eight points a shot. So it's not forty-two points on thirty-seven shots. Like it's extremely efficient offense. It's it's really something. And I'm just gonna say, like, this is the moment where Damian Lillard went from superstar in the NBA to all-time great. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. We're on the same thing. You're going to look back at you're going to look back at history. It's like when LeBron won that finals with Cleveland, he went from all-time great to all-time greatest. Like he's there with mm-hmm. Jordan, Kareem, like he's on Mount Rushmore. And I think that's like the Kobe titles against Boston like maybe this and when Steph Curry, I always look back when he hit that shot against Oklahoma City where he pulled up from 45 feet when no one was doing it and he shimmied and they won the game against the Kevin Durant, Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's when everyone's like, from now on, they're like, oh, that dude hits different. And I think this is that moment for Lillard. Absolutely. He's a different cat. They're seeing he's cut from a different mold that he's absolutely as advertised. Like, we're we're not just smoking rocks up in the Northwest. Like, we have one of the greatest players of our generation – on the Portland Trailblazers, and it's just been fun to watch. And and it's funny. I think I think one of the funniest things that you said this week was how was CJ's back messed up when Damien's been carrying the team? And I'm that one. That one. And it's true. Like they, he's really the good players put the team on their back, though, as as you as some would say. So it's, it's part of Dame's greatness and the greatness of being a leader is I listened to his post-game interview last from the game where he dropped 61. And if you remember, CJ took those clutch free throws. And Mm -hmm. they asked him about it and why he didn't go for the ball. And Lillard goes, I wanted that. I cut to the ball. But beforehand, I knew how they were going to play us. He went up to CJ in the timeout beforehand, and he's like, CJ, if I get doubled off this, you need to come get the ball. You need to get it. You're going to hit these. And he's like, and you, there's no, like, you can't let Nurkic or Carmelo get it. Like, you're the number two guy. I believe in you. You need to come get these. And, you know, that's just greatness right there. Like, in mm-hmm. its own sense, in its its own way, it's like Jordan. It's like he, he used to kill people if they didn't hit the shot. But I believe that's like those guys, they believe that those guys can have those moments. Like LeBron mm-hmm. and Kyrie. When you're great, you empower those around you to rise to that level. And exactly. it, it doesn't matter if you're two for 14, like – if you're in battle with him, like he's gonna put he's putting the armor on you, and 
you're right there with him no matter what. He doesn't care if you get the glory at the end. So, and, you know, I just think I, of every, I, I watch a lot of sports, you know, I'm fans of a lot of teams, but none more than the Buffalo Bills and the Portland Trailblazers. And I would say that I've never been more proud to root for a player than I am for Damian Lillard, regardless if he ever brings us a championship. He's already done enough for me. I was thinking this week, taking some time to just reflect on how blessed I have been to grow up in the city with a guy like him and just everything he does for the city on, off the court and his rap. It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. It's been absolute. It's been a treat because these guys don't come around. Like people don't understand, like these guys don't come around very often. And especially in the Northwest, these guys rarely come around that often that are full rounded because people, a lot of guys can get lost in the Northwest. Uh, a lot of brothers can get lost up there. And it just, it's just the way it is, the way it's been for a long time. But like, Damien is really setting himself above as one of the greatest athletes ever in the Northwest. Like, period. I mean, I mean you, might, getting, you might be able to end at greatest athletes ever. He's getting up there. He's it's it's about to be. It's I feel like right now it's Russell Wilson and Dane. That's the Northwest right now. And you, I mean, I'd say just overall, he's top ten athlete in the world at the moment. In the world, I'd give him that. I'd give him that right now. As of this week, he is absolutely. So that raises. I have two questions for you um, that I, I I brought to the table here. So one question: No matter what happens going forward, I, I believe they're going to beat um, the Grizzlies on Saturday. But let's just say, all in per- no matter, we don't know what's going to happen. It's a blank slate, whatever. Sure. Going forward, do you think after the season Dane had, do you think they can attract a big-name free agent? And is it possible with the cap and the players they have, would they have to move something? And two, do you think they rest players on Saturday and go for Sunday, or do you think they just get it all done and let the chips fall as they may? That's what I was thinking, Like, because you, you don't only need one game. So well, do you- I don't think I'll answer that one first. I don't think you can do that, um, just because it's almost disrespectful to your opponent, and you don't want to do that. Because any we saw it tonight. You don't. I don't care if you're walking on the court with the five worst players in the league. So, but those dudes are NBA basketball players, and they can hit threes at any moment, and they can shoot you right there out of the game. So no, okay. I don't. So if I'm the Blazers, I go in with the mentality of yo. We've done it so far. We've got. To, they have a day off. They've got tomorrow off. They go in there and they say we're going to go balls to the wall, and then it's on stats. In at the beginning of the fourth quarter, if they're down like sixteen or something, or like anything more than ten, really, maybe punt on it and say we'll come okay. back at it tomorrow and okay. and put out an energetic lineup. But I would not say the rest, guys. I'd say okay. if anything, manage guys like don't. Don't do what we did tonight and put Nurkic and CJ out there for 12 minutes because I think those guys don't have that conditioning to do that and stay healthy. I I, I would say my biggest concern at the moment with the team is Nurkic and like you're playing a guy heavy minutes who's a big dude who's coming off a bad injury. Like I would hate to see him come down with some sort of knee thing or something because we're mm-hmm. running him ragged and when you get tired in playing basketball, you're just prone to making little cuts and stuff that can just really have long-term effects. And I, mm-hmm. So I think that they need to be wise and think about that. 
Um, not to mention CJ's back. Uh, about the free agent, I don't think they can. Uh, I like to say that we could for like kicks and giggles, but we will have some. I, I okay. So I don't think in the traditional big name. I'm thinking you're think. I would say like a Giannis or like a, a like a super superstar. I don't think so. But I'm talking a top fifteen player. Okay, but if you're talking like if there's like a vet, I don't know who this guy would be because I haven't looked at like free agents or anything. But mm-hmm. a veteran who maybe got $8 million from Orlando, but we can give him like maybe even a vet minimum or like 2 to $3 million, And he's like somebody who can step in and knows he could get minutes, kind of like a Carmelo. I could see mm-hmm. a guy like that being like, you know what, I'm going to go with Portland for a year and play with a guy like Dame, maybe get a career resurgence and then ball out. And – I mean, and I think that's totally realistic at this point. And I, the Suns are another team that if I was a veteran and you look at young teams or teams that need one or two pieces that are right there with transcendent superstars at the top, there's nothing wrong with that. Like Seth Curry, he played with us on a minimum and then he played his way into a good deal with the Mavericks and a nice uh... contract. I do too. So I think a Seth Curry-like guy, you could see that one or two guys coming in um, – and uh, I, I, but I just, as far as seeing like a star, I just don't think there's enough out there to warrant it, especially with all the other teams. Like the NBA is, it's not, they're not hurting for good teams. I'll tell you that because the no, West is itself. The most, most spread out it's been in a minute. Yes, definitely. So, uh, you got anything else for this or do you want to move on to like college football and USC? Uh, I think we can uh, – what do you have to talk about? Uh, so Giannis uh, was not able to attend the game tonight because he was ejected for headbutting a guy the night before. Uh, what do you think of Giannis's mental state in the bubble going forward? Because I don't think I've ever seen Giannis lose his cool like that. And do you think – uh, like, I've seen it a couple times. Not maybe I, like that. Coming, they've been, people have kind of been coming at Giannis in the bubble. If you've noticed, people have been getting scrappy with him. And because it seems like, I mean, I'm not saying he's not no punk. He's going to defend himself. But it seems that people have figured out a way to get under Giannis's skin. And do you think going forward, is that going to affect their title hopes? Well, I don't think his, like, I don't, do I think it's like his temper and fighting is going to? No. But I do think that, and this is the reason why I've not been picking the Bucks when we do our little previews and stuff, and I wouldn't bet on them is I think it's very possible to get Giannis frustrated during a game with exactly. play style. Well, if you look at it, let's, like a Toronto where you can put a Siakam on him and then bang him at the hoop with Ibaka and Gasol, and you have smart, crafty players like Lowry, you can easily get Giannis frustrated and get him taking jump shots. And he's not a great, great passer. So, yeah, I don't think – I think – I've always, I say this all the time now. Giannis is way more Shaq than he is LeBron in the sense that he's more of a dominant physical person, but I don't think he's the mental virtuoso that LeBron or like a Magic Johnson is for those point forward big guys. So, uh, yeah, I think it's totally possible to get under his skin. You bang him around a little bit. He's away from his family. He's got a newborn kid at home. I'm sure he's stressed about that. He's 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 locked in with teammates. I'm sure you know, I think it takes a very mentally different person to like to be okay under these circumstances. And you even see LeBron talking about it. I mean, the people that LeBron are locked up with, he's locked in a team, a hotel with J.R. Smith, 
Dion Waiters and Dwight Howard. Like I, I'm sure all these guys. <laughs> it's not the Banana Boat Crew. I'll tell you that. It's, it's not the Banana Boat Crew. It's it, it's something else. And but you look at it. I think the the team. It's weird that it's worked out this way. But like the Blazers, they've had to fight tooth and nail. But I bet they're one of the fresher mental teams in the bubble because they're just worrying about ball. With the Lakers, mm-hmm. haven't had to worry about anything for a week and a half, and same with the Bucks. So. I'm sure those guys are like a little stir crazy and a little like this is. I mean, they're just, we'll see how the playoffs affect everything, and I'm sure they'll get going. But you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it started to set in a little bit. Okay. Uh, my other question. I'm not one more to wrap up our a uh, couple couple more tops to wrap up our NBA bubble top. Uh, the night before or night before last, um, Dame Dame dropped 61, and he joins Wilt Chamberlain. As the only player to have three plus sixty games, sixty point games in one season, like what? Like that's what I'm talking about. Like going for like historically, the things Dame is doing puts him into the conversation as one of the greatest basketball players to play the game. And I think we had a conversation the other night that you hope that in the minds of people, um, he. He passes uh, Allen Iverson. What do, what do you really mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, I think if you look at a guy like AI, and he had the one trip to the finals, which I'm sure people yeah. are screaming about. Allen Iverson didn't win anything really, but he was kind of regarded as by the culture as mm-hmm. like just a tough guy who at any given moment would go blow to blow for anybody. And just was one of the baddest dudes pound for pound and like for for uh, across anybody. I mean, you put AI against Kobe, AI against Jordan, like he may not win, but he's giving you buckets and he's giving you 110%. And mm-hmm. I think that when you look at basketball culture, which has really become a thing in my opinion, and it's not mm-hmm. just an American thing, it goes to China. He's one of those dudes that gets propped up by history as like we're not going to forget AI and what he did. And I want to see Lillard in that same ilk. And I think mm-hmm. because of Lillard's character and what he's done for Portland, and I mean, there's a lot of story left to be written, but to this point, I just would love to see like the culture recognize real, and, you know, in a time where the just overall culture is whack as hell from rap to politics, to everyday life, to people at the, the richest of the rich, to the poorest of the poor, a guy like Damian Lillard, who takes no prisoners, stands up for his brother and stands for his soil. Like, I would love to see just people respect that and not go down in history amongst the people. Like, even if the record books don't show it, like we tell our kids and their our kids' kids about Dame Dalla and what he meant during the one of the <laughs> craziest times in world history. Oh, uh, exactly. And I think that's what that's what it really is because because like. He will go. He's already. He is in the history books as of now. He's writing himself into the history books. So he is forcing himself into that conversation, whether you like it or not. You're gonna have. You have to. Like he said, put some respect on his name. Like this man is really doing it. And so that's gonna move to my last topic, which people. This is all. This is. This is pretty. I guess. I was not a dumb question, but. I'm giving you a take on this because we wrap up the bubble tomorrow and we go into playoff mode this weekend. Who is your bubble NBA restart MVP? Well, is there really any other answer? I mean, I don't think, I think the whole, the whole, 
the can whole I nation. Give you my first team. Can I give you a whole first team? First, team, your first team, your NBA bubble all team. You all, yeah, you all try, off the top of my head, I'll give you my first team, and I'll give you some reasoning if if, okay, you, if you'll allow team. it. All right, so I mean, and I'm gonna cheat, and I'm gonna copy a little ESPN that I saw today, but I think it is 100% correct, and I'll put a little on spin on it. Uh, obviously, Lillard, he's my MVP, unanimous. I've already said too much about the guy today, but you really can't say too much about him. Um, but I'll leave it at he's, that. He literally, he's doing it. He's doing. He's the hottest thing right now in basketball. Uh, at number two, I'm going to go Devin Booker. Uh, I think okay. the Suns are getting a little overhyped, but I mean, you can only beat who's put in front of you, and he led them day, you know. And the dude's just a shot maker. And he is. He's a beast. He's going to be a beast. I've known this. Anybody who watches basketball knows this. Um, at the next position, I'm going to cheat and put Doncic in there. Luca, okay. Because of that Bucks game, I think that was one of the best games I've ever seen a player play. And I think I don't, there's really, he's a, like those, all the first three guys I've named are all, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you're an idiot. Like those dudes have all been ballers long before the NBA bubble, but. I think they've hit a little differently to the audience so far. Um, at power forward, I think this is a tough one. I think you could go a couple of different ways here. And yeah. Oh, right. shoot. Are you talking? You, I can. Okay. Sorry. Uh, for late, for people who didn't know, uh, <laughs> Luke, for the game he's referring to is when uh, the Mavericks beat the Bucks. 136 to 132, and here's Lucas' stat line. 36 points, 19 assists, and 14 rebounds. Okay, that'll, that, that'll get you all bubble team. Okay, thank you. Okay. Yeah, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was like, let me look at the stat line. Oh, okay. was, and they weren't resting. Giannis was out there. Giannis was out no, there. No, that's what I'm saying. Giannis, I do remember Giannis was playing that night. Uh, okay, yeah, that man. Yeah, I'm gonna he, go, he was hooping. I, he was hooping. I've got my power forward. Um, I think two games ago it would have been TJ Warren, and he may he no. has hat in the ring for MVP. But I'm going to go with MPJ Michael Porter Jr. I think really the cat, think, the young I, cat. I think he just gave buckets out, and I think the bubble is all about the breakout. <laughs> oh, he really did give buckets to people, and it's all the bubble's about breakouts, bro. Like the it's just, it, and all these guys I'm naming, like they're taking it to a new level. Like sure, Giannis, LeBron. You know, Pascal Siakam, Chris Paul, like I, they all had nice games here or there. But these guys I'm naming, they're they're hitting different. Um, mm -hmm. The center, consistency level. Center is the toughest one, I think. Um, John B got hurt. Yeah, it can't be Embiid. Anthony Davis no showed too many times. I don't want to reward him for some bad games he had and some games where they weren't resting. I think the three guys I'm oddly considering, because I want to pick a true center. I think I think you have to consider Nurkic. I think you have to I was gonna say that I'm like no Homer fan. No no like not being a Homer, but like him coming back from his injury, the way he's been playing, given solid minutes, playing decently on offense offensive offensive end of the four, playing pretty damn good defense. He looks like he's and then going into being, going into the playoffs, I he looks like he 
Even though you say he's out of shape, between him and Porzingis, I think they look like the no, best. No, no, no. He's he's not out of shape, but he's not. You don't want to play a guy that size thirty-seven minutes. Uh, no, I, think, I mean, yeah, I think you have to consider Nurkic. I'm not going to give it to him, but I I do think you have to consider him, and you have to consider DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. I think you have to go between Porzingis and the yes. guy and the guy I'm going to pick, who is Michael Porter Jr.'s teammate, Nikola Jokic, because. Jokic came and he's in the best shape of his life and he didn't play or need to play a lot but when he was out there I could tell that he's at a new level and I think that he's gonna he's gonna shock some people in the playoffs with the stat lines he puts up so that's my bubble five okay I like that apologies to uh DeMar DeRozan a guy that I was really really surprised by that's a guy that the uh, Blazers could get I think or do we need another shooting guard? You could run Demar. You could run Demar at the three, and then keep Gary as a six man. Demar's actually been running some power forward for the for the Spurs, and he is just mm-hmm. he's been scary. Like he's he's very athletic. So in today's day and age, a lot of teams are small, anyways. He checked. I saw him check Zion for extended stretches at points. Ooh, shoot! Yeah, I forgot about Zion. Zion played very exactly. Exactly. Get in the bubble. Dang, I forgot. Because they, they eliminate – oh, my gosh. Because I, I would put Zion on my old bubble team because he played he played well. Man. So, my, okay, my, my old bubble team, my old bubble team would have to be, of course, my point guard is Damian, of course, and the Unitedist bubble MVP. Um, my two – oh. Yeah, a dead Booker has to be my two. He gave. He, I think you can't go away from the top three. Yeah, you can't go away. Yeah. Well, I mean, who's you? Who's you have at your three? You said Luca. Yeah, I cheated and put a third I'm, guard. I mean, I could I could easily put LeBron there. Yeah, but that LeBron he was coasting for a lot of those games, and no one's a big no, LeBron fan than me. You forget LeBron's assist, LeBron's assist though. Yeah, but I just think. He did not have 19 assists in the game like Luca. Okay, so I'll give Luca. Okay, so I'll go Luca at my three. My four spot. It's tough. It is tough. No one really comes off the. I think Giannis was probably the pick, honestly. Or Porzingis. Porzingis. I mean, huh? I think Porzingis or Giannis. Well, I'm putting Porzingis as my five. Okay. Porzingis is definitely my center. Um, I, I think I think he's looked pretty smooth. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Whoever Porzingis' barber is, like, give me, I need to call that man. That dude's that dude's cut is just tight, tight, tight. Anyway, um, mm, let me think, man. You know what? I'm gonna put Tatum as my Tatum as my four, just because I like the way he's been playing, and I'm just not counting out the Celtics. Not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout by any means. And so I'm gonna put Tatum at my four. That's my that's my all bubble team. So I got I got Dame, I got Booker, I got Luca, I got Tatum, and I got Porzingis. In the all in the LVP award for most disappointing bubble player goes to. Miss Disappointed. Oh, ooh. you know who I'm gonna say? 
Who are you going to say? Mr. No Baller Brand himself, Lonzo Ball. Oh, my God. Mr. Lonzo Ball. Um, most disappointing player. Hmm. I really have to think about this. Who really just disappointed me? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say Zion though, because the Pelicans were just low key, just disappointing as a team. Yeah, but so I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I, you can't put it totally on the kid though. Maybe out nah, of the That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not putting. I'm not going to put that on Zion though. I'm not really going to put that on Zion. I mean, you get a couple of Joel Embiid was probably my most disappointing. That's fair. Ben Simmons for getting hurt again, or John Morant Jeez, for not hitting just, three the entire bubble. John Morant didn't hit one three the entire bubble? No, he did. He was just shooting a horrible percentage. I'm just <laughs> I was like, what? I did but, not know that. He 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 does impact the game in other ways, but I think Memphis has certainly disappointed people as well. I, I expected it, but two and six, not great. Again, the only wins are a resting Bucks team and another team I forgot who they beat. Man. So, uh, Sunday will be our playoff preview show. And before, uh, before as we're wrapping up the bubble right now, before we get into the rest of our show, um, I'm going to read you off the 16 teams who are eligible for the playoffs. And I'm, I'm just going to put 17? Because the two teams for the playing in the West. I'm not counting. I'm, we're going to say the Blazers. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, but I'm going to – I believe in Dame Dollar. I believe in Dame Dollar. So Bad juju. I believe in Dame. In Dame we trust. So, we got the Bucks at one. The Raptors at two out of the East. Celtics at three, Heat at four, Pacers at five, 76ers at six, Nets at seven, Magic at eight. In the West, Lakers at one, Clippers at two, Nuggets at three, Thunder at four, Rockets at five, Utah Jazz at six, Dallas Mavericks at seven, and your Portland Trail Blazers at the eight seed. Pending, pending, the games with the Grizzlies this weekend. Thank you. All right, so – and we'll end here for the NBA. Last thing, last thing. Uh, so, not who you think, but if you have – if you – let's say Jesus, God, whoever you believe in, gives you a call right now and says, Virgil – Don't forget – don't forget Allah. I'll forget him. Uh, he gives you a call and says <laughs> – uh, and says you get to pick uh, the, uh, the NBA Finals matchup. Who are you picking? Who do I think is going to make it? Who do no, I want no, no. to make it? Who do you want? Who do you want? If you could make it happen, who would you make it happen? Oh. Give me the Blazers and Bucks. If Give I me. could make it happen, I want the Blazers and Bucks. Give me the Blazers and the Heat. The Blazers? Ooh. I don't like yeah. the classy uniforms, though. But that would just be a real series between Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard. The two most blue-collar superstars in the league. I would be – that would be heated. There would be fights. There would definitely be fights in those games. And if not for that, I want Lakers and I want either the Bucks or Celtics. I couldn't care less. 
The Bucks. Lakers the, Celtics were sexy. Lakers Celtics for the history. Lakers Bucks for the LeBron Giannis, old versus new. But, I still don't think the Bucks have enough to win it all, though. No, but we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. All right, let's. Yeah, so that's gonna wrap up our NBA talk for tonight. Uh, we're gonna move on a little bit. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about a little bit of baseball for this next segment. Um, news out of uh, the Yankees camp: John Carlos Stanton is out indefinitely with a hamstring injury. How do you think that's gonna affect their their title chances and playoff chances going forward? Because um, you know, with a hamstring injury, those are things you can't really push back. Because you still have to make like you still have to make cuts in the outfield. You still have to run. He's a DH. What do you think? Uh, so, how, like, what do you think the timetable is going to be for them? Because you still need like, okay, if he's DHing, so you still need the power from your legs to hit to hit the ball. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I think the Yankees will be fine without him. I'm a Yankees fan, so they called up a prospect called named Clint Frazier, who's been heralded for years and uh, has good bat speed. And I believe in his first game bat up with us, the team, he knocked a home run in within his first at bat. So I think if any team can absorb the loss, it's the Yankees. They have a lot of bats. And the Yankees, frankly, have not been hitting well this season. Despite, no, no, despite not exactly winning. particularly. So, I mean, the roster is stacked. And I think as long as Stanton's back for the playoffs, I wouldn't be worried about making it in a extended format. Speaking of which, when we're talking about the playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs. When uh, it comes down to seeding, because there will be a, there'll be a few more teams in the playoff this year. Mm. But when it comes down to seeding, there are teams, uh, to name one, the Marlins, mm-hmm. who have had games postponed, but because their record is positive, they remain in first place. So going forward, especially with the condensed season, how do you think they're going to be able to replay some of these games they've postponed? And how do you think this seeding is really going to go down if, say, one team has played all 60 games and then one team's played 40 when it comes down to the playoff deadline? Well, I think I think when you get – they're doing the seven-inning doubleheaders. Um, yes. But other than that, I think I would just set a minimum game requirement. And it's one of those things where – uh, you're kind of rewarding the teams that were able to not get it by not putting themselves at risk, I guess. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel like if you, as long as everybody plays 45 games, 50 games, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be bothered about it. Because um, if the best teams will be the best teams, there's 16 teams that are going to make the playoffs this year in baseball. So, I highly, I doubt that they're, the other 14 are going to be that deserving and getting ran out of those spots. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. I just you got. I feel like you have to understand that anything that happens this year is going to have an asterisk, but that doesn't change anything in the moment. So what do you think that because of all the grumbling and all the the argument over money that when Major League Baseball did come back, do you think they were actually really prepared? For what's going on? Can you really be prepared for this? Is the question? No, I don't think. I don't think you can. I think it's a new. I think, like people say, it's a new thing every day. New information gets released every day. New. Uh, 
So now new updates on vaccine if if it if it is coming if it's not coming. No, I don't. But I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that they have, they have weak leadership or anything. I think that. I mean, the NFL hasn't had to do anything for six months. And I feel like they don't really have a decisive plan that they've announced. So I just feel like nobody really knows. If you, I just, It's kind of an impossible situation, more or less. It's got to make the most of it. Okay. Uh, another topic. Um a uh, pretty fun one I've actually seen, and I was really, really waiting to get your take on this. Mm. Um, so, Toronto has moved their games to Buffalo. So, as of now, the the Blue Jays are the Buffalo Blue Jays. This is the first time in almost 100 years that baseball has returned to Buffalo, and New York has three teams. So, and people are, people in Buffalo are pretty excited. People are standing outside the stadiums to watch. Uh, people are trying, doing the old school climbing the trees, climb the fence, just to get, just to get a, just to get a sniff and see a, see pro baseball back in Buffalo. So what is your take on that? And should the Blue Jays going forward, think about moving to Buffalo? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's, it, I think it's cool for the moment. The Buffalo has great fans, obviously. And uh, I think it's a good novel thing for a year like this. And it's, it's convenient for Toronto to have Buffalo right there. But from Toronto is such a bigger market that I just think that for baseball long term, I would, I would not recommend that. But to, I mean, to move there, I say. But maybe having mm-hmm. like a series of games where they play, you know, eight eight or 12 games in Buffalo every year just to engage those fans. Cause it's pretty local. I think that's, within, I think that's smart. I think that'd be smart going forward. Honestly, it's within, I don't know. It's within like an hour and a half drive hour. Exactly. Hour so yeah, I think that, that the bills used to do that and play one game a year in Toronto, but they cut that because I think I'll say Toronto has a much more diverse group of people with a lot, probably coming from a lot, more places around the world than Buffalo does. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like there's not the local support from Toronto for Buffalo that there would be for Buffalo for Toronto, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, and especially because most, most Buffalo fans, most Bills fans are, are either Yankees and Mets or Blue Jays fans. Um, but most of them dislike the Yankees because it's like the big New York team, kind of like the Jets that, and the Bills are like, or the Bills or Buffalo are like the underdogs. So they like to stick together. So I think that'd be a good opportunity for the Blue Jays to expand their fan base. I definitely think so too. I think I like the idea of playing a game, playing a, a couple series in Buffalo because one, one, because of the geographical location and two, because especially now seeing that people have interest in having baseball in Buffalo and that people will, and like you said it's a very passionate fan base for their sports teams. I'd like to see the so Raptors I think that'd the, be the Raptors as well. The Raptors you want to see the Raptors come down and play a couple games in Buffalo? Yeah, the clip there used to be the Buffalo clip or the Buffalo Braves which is now the Los Angeles Clippers. Um mm-hmm. so I think it'd be cool too. But that's just No, I and I think it's I think it's cool. I mean I think that team should be more 
willing to spread it around and maybe you don't don't play your marquee games there like if the Yankees are coming to town you probably don't want to lose that from your home stadium or but if you're mm-hmm. playing the Mets or like the Baltimore Orioles like I'm sure that those series don't rake in the dough so I don't think it would be a huge huge thing compared to what you'd make from adding 5000 new fans but maybe I'm wrong I don't know oh. I think it's something to look into going forward. I think it's worth a shot. So. Okay. <clears throat> well, now that we've got that out of the way, let's look forward to this weekend. Uh-huh. And we have UFC 252 with a pretty good card and the World Heavyweight Championship between Daniel Cormier and Stripe M- Mahoic. Actually, how do I say that name correctly? Stipe Miocic. <laughs> Stipe Miocic. 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 Low. Lord have mercy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was the worst of all time. That was. You might. Have... That was up there, and we're not editing it. <laughs> we're not staying in. He's gonna know. <laughs> that's that's offensive to Stipe. One of the best. He's currently the belt holder. He is currently the belt holder, but I hadn't heard. I really hadn't heard of him until like a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. I wouldn't. You're not quite a UFC aficionado, I would say. No, but I do. I do try to stay up on the heavyweight, uh, the heavyweight fights. You have to stay with your people. I do have to stay with my people. <laughs> I've always been a heavyweight guy. <laughs> anyway, but yes, the heavyweight championship of the world is this weekend. Um, we're going to be back in Las Vegas, and it's going to be tight. So, going forward, fight by fight, uh, we got. Uh, the Caesars book out. Uh, I'll be going off Caesars book, and my boy Riley T here will be going off the Vivaro offline. Okay, yeah. And we'll get you guys your spreads, and we'll go fight by fight. Uh, what fight do you want to start with first off the, the card? Let me get, give me a second to pull it up. Uh, pull up. Uh, okay, I got it. Um, well. There's a lot of fights tomorrow. Was this an eight fight card? One, two, three, Eleven? four, five, six. I think I have just the main card right here. I have the numbers for the two heavyweight fights, uh, the two bantamweight fights, the lightweight fight, and the women's strawweight okay, fight. Okay, well, I want to talk about one on the undercard then, real quick. Okay. Well, I think Herbert Burns over Daniel Pineda. Herbert Burns is the younger brother of Gilbert Burns. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you would know from he was the guy who was scratched um, out of the uh, fight that what, I'm blanking his name now uh, Masvidal took his place his older brother Gilbert uh, he was originally mm-hmm. supposed to fight in that spot against Usman um, but his brother's quite the quite the fighter as well so I think that's that's a must see because that's kind of like a rising star like if you want to see a, like a prospect I would definitely mm-hmm. check that fight out minus 285 take him um, but other than that, I'll let you can go ahead and uh, just read off your fights. And okay, first fight I'm going to give you right now is the lightweight fight off the main card. We got Vince Pinchiel versus Jim Miller. We got Vince at minus 125, and then Jim at plus 105. Um, so this is the fight that I would personally probably stay away from because. Jim Miller, he's just like he's been around the block a lot. He's fought forty six times in the UFC to a thirty two and fourteen record. 
and Pinchell's 12 and 2. So, you know, obviously that probably leans him. Uh, but he's been out for over a year with an injury, so you really never know how guys are going to return. Um, but I guess I'd lean Pinchell if I had to okay. choose. If I had to choose, just because. So we're taking what is what is Vivaro got Pinchell at uh, minus one forty. One forty, okay. So a little bit worse odds. So you shop around and get the best odds. What they got? What they have Miller at? Uh, plus one ten. Okay, so about the same. Yeah, about the, about the same. Okay. About the same. All right. Next fight, we're going with the bantamweight. We got John Dotson at plus one ninety, and here we go again. Mirab Dulishvia at minus two thirty. Yeah, that's quite a name, isn't it? It is quite a name. I think I did pretty decent. Um, so, I I think in this one I'm gonna I think I lean the underdog and I would take John Dodson. Okay, um, why? He's experienced twenty two and eleven versus eleven and four. Uh, he's a guy who saw a former training partner win a a title recently in Peter Yan, uh, the vacated title. If you remember, that was the first of the fights on that triple championship card. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I'm going to just edge here and say that he has an extra bit of motivation. Um, he's not a big guy. He's five foot three, But his opponent's only 5'6". Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, maybe that little extra bit of motivation – these undercard fights aren't aren't big names by any means. So, unless you're really keeping up with guys, and the weigh-in I believe is tonight, so you'll get a good sense mm-hmm. for where people are at mentally and physically there. Because uh, the weigh-in is very important when betting MMA. So take all these predictions with a grain of salt until that. Um, but yeah, I think what is what numbers do you have for these guys? Plus one ninety-five, minus two fifty. I think I, so. About the uh, around the same. I'm at. Well, uh, Caesar's got John at one plus one ninety, and they got Mirab at at minus two thirty. I believe, and I may just be talking out of just complete thin air here, but I believe that like sixty to seventy percent of bets come in between the weigh-in. And, yes, you're absolutely and correct. And the beginning of the fight. And yes, so I know that for I do know that actually. And <laughs> in, in the books won't shift until they get a lot of action one way or another. They're all pretty similar. So I would unless you feel strongly about a guy that you think is gonna weigh in poorly, I'd probably just exactly. hold off until right before the fight. And we're gonna talk about that at in length about Cormier here in a little bit. Because I have some hot right. hot takes on the, the the top three fights I have some stuff. All right, moving over to the women's side for this and strawweight bout, we have we got to have one one women's fight. We gotta gotta give love to the sisters. Come on, come on, come on! Playing for the golden purse. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> that Prada bitch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I, we got Liviana mm-hmm. Souza versus Ashley Yoda. We got Liviana at. Minus 155, and then Miss Yoder at plus 135. I mean, what do you what do you think on this? I want you to break this one down real quick. 
I honestly, I'm, I would put it on. I'd put it on actually Yoder. Well, I've actually seen her fight. It, I've, I've seen her fight a couple times. You have. I have just well, just in on other like events, you know, on some uh, not not as a main event, but you know, on some undercard. Well, she's seven and five. And, she's seven and five. It's not great. I, That's she, really terrible, she needs to this. Be she needs this win. So I'm an, I'm really I I think she's gonna be hungry, and I think she takes her out. I think it's gonna be a full. I think it's gonna be a. I, by no by any by no means is it a knockout or anything. But that's just personally. I've, I've been proven wrong before. But it will it will it will go all rounds, and I think she can. I think she can get a decision. So here here's where I'm coming. Um, so Souza is coming off the second loss of her career. Mm-hmm. Yoder just got signed to a four fight contract. So I think I th- at seven and five, getting a four fight contract seems like a gift to me. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what I said. She needs this fight. She needs, or this maybe fight. she's content. She made her money. She's in there. She's gonna get whooped four times, and then she can retire with a nice little bag. Um, so that's my counterpoint to you there. I think I'm gonna go the opposite way and take the favorite Souza. Maybe throwing a parlay. Say she's coming off the second loss of her career. She's gonna be motivated. Um, yeah, that's what I got for you on that one. All right, moving to the bantamweight side, back to the men's. We got some UFC veterans right here. Marlon Vera versus Sean O'Malley. Um, We got Marlon here at plus 255 and Sean at minus 310. So we got got them skinny guys. So uh, Sugar Sean, he's kind of like the superstar upcoming in the MMA right now. At twelve and zero at twenty five, um, definitely a good fighter. Got a little Conor McGregor and a little showman. I, 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 I think that this. I mean, Marlon. This could be a good Marlon fight. There is no joke either. He's a he's a strong. That's fighter. what I'm saying. This could be one of the better fights of the night. So I know I flowed this to you the other day. I'm like, do I? I think that you wouldn't be stupid to throw a little bit of money that you're not afraid to lose on Marlon Vera. At those odds, mm-hmm. just because I don't think Sean O'Malley's unbeatable to the point where he's minus 300 against a guy who's established. And most of his fights have been against relative bums and newcomers. This is kind of like his breakthrough to the upper main card, I'd say. Because mm-hmm. he's fought a lot in the last year or two years. And he's fought his way from that undercard to the low, low main card. And now this is kind of his, like... You know, he wins this one, he's probably going to have, like, a fight night main event or maybe, mm-hmm. like, a co, co-main co event for mm-hmm. like a, a UFC event. So, we'll see what happens. I think you know, both guys are going to be highly motivated. This is, like, this is definitely, like, early contender for fight of the night. It's definitely. That's, I was, I was going to say that earlier. I'm like, I didn't want to speak before my UFC um veteran analyst said something but i have when i saw this fight come through i'm like mm, that could be very entertaining that could definitely besides the main card but besides the the main fight the main event i think this 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 is my early contender for fight of the night absolutely yeah i think that's a, that's a good bet the next one's no joke either all right i got oh with the second are you gonna do the odds on that one or did you want me to do the odds on mine because mine are actually uh, for little, the sec- mine are slightly different i think Oh, the odds for the – did I not give you the odds? No. I get, the, what, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, uh, Sean O'Malley at minus 310 and then Vera at 
plus 255. See, on Bovada, I have minus 280 and plus 220. See, that's what I'm saying, man. That's why I have you here, buddy. This is why I love you, man. <laughs> so what are you thinking? So like you said, you put it on Mar- You put it on Marlon? I might dabble with it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an underdog dabbler when it comes to the MMA. So it's like – Okay. And I, I, I just think that – I mean, if you really want to get cute with it and do a little – put – Put uh, O'Malley in a parlay and then bet Vera like as a head. That's exactly. I would do some. I would probably do something like that. Yeah, me personally. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's the pro move. But if you got like twenty bucks and you're just trying to make a little quick cash, I mean, throw it on that and see what happens. Who knows? All right, all right. Here we go. The second uh, other heavyweight fight of the night. Uh, here I go. I'm just gonna try not to butcher this name. We got Jazario <clears throat> Rajanuk at Ro- minus. Rosenstruck. That one's exactly Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck. Okay. My bad. <laughs> maybe you should. <laughs> I should have sent you this list. I've got the list. Uh, I got the list. I know. Maybe I should, next time. Going forward, people, I will make sure before we do our UFC or any names, I will run these by Riley. <laughs> All right, you got the next one, right? Junior Dos Santos. Dude, I do have Junior Dos Santos. So we got Rosen, Rosenstruck at minus 140 and Junior Dos Santos at plus 120. Well, this is going to be a battle of the boxers. It's going to be fun. These guys are both big-time throwers. Um, Dos Santos coming off two straight losses, I believe. Yes. Um, 15 of his 21 wins are from TKO. And nine of Rosenstruck's ten are from TKOs, so it, it one way or another, I'd say someone's going to get knocked out, or this is going to be one of those weird fights where two big throwers meet and no one gets knocked out because they're too scared of each other's power. But it might be pretty. It might be one of them bloodier ones too. But I think that Dos Santos, he, Dos Santos is uh, he's desperate and he's experienced. And Rosenstruck's coming off a pretty violent loss to Nganu, where he got knocked out 20 seconds into the fight. So these guys are going to be highly motivated. And this is kind of like a – whoever loses this is kind of slipping out of the – that not contender status quite yet, but they're kind of like contending to be a contender. No, this is definitely <laughs> – I would have to say that. I would say this would be a fight that's going to push you up into that – Around that contender spot, that that three, that two spot, that can get you that next title fight. Yeah. Within after maybe one more fight, this is the fight before the one more fight. You know what I'm saying? This is the quarterfinals. I have to say. <clears throat> and uh, and, they, and they and whoever gets that will get a shot for our main event. So apparently, you, wait, wait, wait. The Santos apparently is on the keto diet and he's lost a bunch of weight. Okay. So. I think I'm going Rosenstruck in this fight, but I don't know. This is like a real toughie to bet, but it's good odds. I'm taking. I think. I think I'm going to take the Santos. Honestly. Oh my God, he does not look good in this in the picture I'm looking at. But I don't know if he's. I don't know if it, it, he's two forty. What time are we? What time are Wayne's tonight? He's two thirty eight though, and uh, that's he's given up like twenty five pounds. I mean, he might be a lot quicker. I like yeah, 238 I to solid weight. You know, I I'll switch. I'm going to take Dos Santos too. Yeah, he's going to be if he's that, if he's lost that much weight, that means his lungs feel great. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dos Santos. Okay. 
What uh, what numbers do you have, by the way? Uh, plus one oh five for him, minus one thirty five for so around around the same. Yeah, same. I, like I said before, I'm at one minus one forty on what Rosenstruck and then plus one twenty for Junior DeSanto. Yes. All right, moving on to the main event. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, the heavyweight <laughs> championship of the world, <laughs> the trilogy. This is going to be the end. This will probably most likely be Daniel Cormier's last fight, and he's trying to go out and blaze of glory. Uh, I have Daniel at minus 115 and Stipe at minus 105. Riley, take it away from here. I got minus 110 for Stipe and minus 120 for Cormier. Um, so within five. So this – so a lot of people are saying this is a toss up, but I've also heard some people say bet like bet the tuition on uh, Cormier, bet the kids' tuition. So I don't <laughs> the kids. T- oh, let's go. I mean, so it's hard to say, um, but I think Cormier is going to win this one. I just he was talking and he's like, he said that this defines whether he looks back the rest of his life with regret and like, he's a failure or like, absolutely feels like if he goes out on top and that's just a lot of pressure. And some people thrive under that. And he's, he strikes me as the type of guy who's going to thrive under the pressure. Um, Yeah. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be, maybe this could be fight of the year personally. and, Um, And he's coming in Cormier. Apparently is at 240 pounds ish and Stipe is in the 230 range so which is good because Cormier when he lost was like 250 exactly so so it's wising him up I think it's going to be a really good fight I, I have heard a lot of things about Cormier coming in in some really great shape and anytime that anytime you hear rumors like that and they're about 90 percent true sometimes people like to fluff things wait but I, when it comes to I, comes to prof- a professional like Cormier I'm gonna believe this shit. I have live, I have live, weigh in, unofficial numbers. And for the for the heavyweight championship for that, and I'm gonna do the Dos Santos Rosenstruck as well. Okay, what do we what do we have? We're gonna start with the Dos Santos weighed in at two thirty eight point five. Okay, Rosenstruck is two fifty four. Um, so but they're so they're yeah. both way okay. under the two sixty five. Miocic is 233, which is three pounds more than he fought their last fight at that he won. And Cormier is 236, which is 12 pounds. No way! He got down under 240? Yeah, he's, he's 12 pounds down from his last fight. And yeah, okay. so definitely I'm going to take Cormier in this one. Oh, my Lord. He's on savage mode right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's... He's got to be extremely motivated, I think. That's why that's what I've been thinking, too, especially from what I've heard and seen in the interviews. He sounds – it's – a loss can really motivate you, especially especially the way he lost. And I really think that, I like you said, it's a legacy. Him. And, and I believe in the first round he out – he out significantly had more – he, like, way out significant struck him. And he just got tired because he was out of shape. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you get tired and when you lose it like that, that's what I'm saying. When you lose it like that, when you have it in your grasp and you and it just slips away, that really can focus and can hone you and bring you, you know, it humbles you. It really does. And so I think he's a man on a mission. 
I hope so. I'm excited for that one. I'll, I will definitely take Cormier. And uh, we'll see how the chips fall. And, yeah, I mean. It's going to be a great, it's going to be a great, great, great fight night. Yes. Great, great night. I agree. Will you be head? Will you be headed to the casino? No, no casino this weekend. I, I got a card show tomorrow, sports card show, um, where I got I'm doing the vendor table selling stuff. Um, and I work late tonight, so I'll probably be too tired for that to go all the way out there. But plus, the people are just you know. I think I'm gonna hold off until you come next time because we might have to crack a couple skulls if uh, if people keep mouthing off. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. We could probably go one of these fight nights. We're probably gonna have to go live from the casino. I'm down for that. It's not that loud, honestly. Okay, the other problem perfect. is they don't. The casino's cheap. They don't pay for the fights, so you just have to stream them on like a laptop or phone. So, and that why, why would we go to the casino if they're not gonna walk? If they don't have the fights, it's a casino. Well, I do it because you just get paid out right away, cold hard cash, cash in hand. Oh, it's, it's nice. So, yeah, I mean, we'll have to go. We'll experience it. You got to come for maybe we, we, I think we go live for NBA playoffs, like the weekend you get back. That would be, we'll see. Depending on what well, I mean, this is going to, uh, well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> oh, playoff time in the city. Right, Chase, God, don't get me excited. Chase won't be able to make it because uh, he's got crawdad fishing. Shade. Shade. Oh, crawdad fishing. One of these days, you're going to be have to tell our audience your 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 feelings on on Chase. Help wanted new tech producer. Oh, stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! Someone who will show. Sorry, we we're not trying to air our drama here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not. We're keeping it in the family. Wanted someone who will show up. <laughs> the family's dysfunctional. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, moving on. College football. Probably one of the worst weeks in college football history from a player's standpoint. Um, the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Uh, the, my bad. The Pac-12 and the Big 10. The Big 12 will be playing. The Big 10 and Pac-12 have closed up shop and are looking at spring options. And like I said, looking into spring options, which means there, it's a possibility there won't be a spring, and I see that as a high possibility. Uh, the Southern, the, and the way I say this, I want you all to listen, the Southern schools will play. The, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 will be playing football and will be going moving forward as they put out their plans and put out their schedules. So – Overall, Riley, how do you think this is going to affect the overall landscape of college football going forward? How is this going to affect recruiting? Um, and, why, and, like, are you disappointed to see uh, two of the oldest conferences in the land shut, shut its doors? Um, do you think there could have been something done? Um, the floor is yours. Well, no, I don't think there could have been something done. I think we're kind of, they kind of blew their opportunity now. Uh I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot of takes on the situation outside of the conferences that are staying open. I think you have a hard time sending those coaches into like uh, recruits houses and then looking parents in the eye and telling them that they have their kids best interest at heart. Um, if this goes awry at all, because mm -hmm. if one team has a coronavirus outbreak, uh, that's, you're, that's not going to be a good look for them. 
So no. maybe that helps these other conferences that canceled in the long term. Um, but I don't know. I just think it shows you kind of the priority of where people are at. I, I, I think it's going to be impossible to control college football players. We just saw the Seahawks player get cut for trying to sneak someone in to the training camp. So they cut him mm-hmm. into their bubble. So, and that's kind of the same thing you'd be dealing with at college, except for a lot less people who are professional. Exactly. If I had to guess. So I don't know. It's like I said, it's an impossible situation. It's a bummer, but everything's a bummer that's going on. It's been everything we've been getting the last six months. It's just been bad news on bad news on bad news. And, uh, we're, I guess, in a sense, we would say we're Pac-12 guys. We grew up, sure. uh, we grew up during the USC, the USC days, um, when the Pac-12 was pretty much at its height. Um, and I'm, I'm really sad, and I'm actually really sad and disappointed that they can figure something out. For me, because I think you are doing a disservice to some of these guys. Um, some of these guys will probably go home to some of the situations that are not really ideal. And that is a, that is a fact. Um, guys will go home. Like online learning is not really where it's at unless you're really serious. And I think this is going to affect a lot of a lot of teams uh, unless they keep their guys on campus and they continue to to work to work out in in a bubble situation and continue to get tested. And going forward, there hasn't been really any plan or what the the players are kind of on standhold right now. Um, some schools are still practicing, hoping that they can maybe sneak a game in the two as like somewhat of an independent kind of style of deal. Uh, Nebraska is definitely looking to leave the Big Ten and go back to the Big 12. And they were they, they were ready to do that the day before the decision came down. And they made the threat and they are going forward with that. Um, Ohio State's coach, Ryan Day, is really trying to push and find a way to play in the spring. Um, I really don't think a springtime season is feasible because of the ma- the fact that the turnaround of the springtime is when you rest your starters and you develop your your red shirts and some of your your younger sophomores you get some of those some of those freshmen that got a little playing time they get they might get more chances in starting getting more time with the ones and you get more reps and getting in depth with the offense cuz most times freshmen can be um kind of gadget guys they have their especially on offense they have their plays <clears throat> that they know when they do, and they're not really, really given a full outlook of the whole playbook. Uh, a spring and like then you're asking those guys that um, to turn around and then play, get ready and start playing uh, again in August, and I just that's just not feasible to me because you need like after a at least a twelve to ten game football season, you need at least a month and a half just to relax and chill and. Maybe you go lift, maybe you go lift like a, maybe you go lift, you know, just, just to stay in shape a little bit, but like your body's pretty beat up, especially if you play in the front seven in the trenches or play a running back position, H back tight end position, you're, you're pretty beat up by the end of the season. So you need some time just to relax, to chill, to kind of get your body back. Um, And it's just, I don't think it's feasible to really do that, especially if they're talking about player safety, it's just not. I don't see it. I don't see it really. I don't see a situation like unless you're playing like a month of football, like you're playing four games, like anything more than six games, like your your body's going to get your body's going to get messed up. 
especially and even in, even if you're going to have a, a spring camp, uh, like say a fall camp, fall camp is hard. Now I'm now in the spring, like it's going to be, you're going to have a little bit better weather. So you're not, so this might be the first time you don't have the sun beating down your, on your neck, but it's still fall camp is hard. Fall camp's meant to be hard. You you're trying to iron out. You're trying to get your body ready for a season. And you're trying, you're trying those first, uh, those first four or five days hitting, like you definitely have some bumps or bruises. I mean, I think you can say it like those four, especially those first three days, your body gets acclimated to the rigors of warfare, pretty much like you are throwing your body around. You're, you're getting on, you're getting on people. You're, you're splitting double teams. You're getting, if you're on the offensive line, you're getting down on the down block, getting up to the linebacker. Like it, it's, it's heavy. And it's, and especially with your homies, it, it gets fun. It gets clacking out there. It gets cracking. And so, I don't see a way that they can ease your ease the yourself into the season, a, a shortened season in any way, and then still avoid injuries. If you're going to have, say, a shortened spring camp or whatever, and then you go into a month of full contact football, and then you like you're gonna like you can't do the same things you're doing in normal. You're gonna have to give guys more time off. And it just it just doesn't seem feasible to give you guys more time off. That's more time they need to be when they come back. They got to lift. They got to get their body ready for a fall season where they're going to play twelve games and possibly, especially those better programs that have a shot at the playoff and have a shot at their conference championship game. So that's extra extra one or two games that they're going to play. So I just I don't see, especially if you're talking about player safety, I don't see a spring season being very feasible. And also, what's the point if you have no chance of playing for a national title or a bowl game? If they're going to go forward with these three conferences and then with the Conference USA, the American, and the Sun Belt still playing, and then the other three Power Five conferences, what's the point of playing spring if you can't go to a bowl? If the national champion is already going to be crowned, I really do not see the point of playing a spring season. And I, I mean, it's sad for those guys. Um, that, but they're, they're going to get their years back. The guys, it's really, it's really bum. It's a bummer for those guys that came back that had a chance to go pro last year that came back to give their school a chance at a new year's six bowl at a national championship appearance or at maybe a school's first bowl game ever that they came back to finish the, to finish the ride, finish the process. And I feel bad for those guys because those guys were loyal to the program that brought them in. And, but now it's, it's business at this point. They have to make – you can't you, – you, the NFL draft I don't think is going to get pushed back. I think it's going to go forward as, as we've seen. I really don't see them pushing it back just so a couple conferences can play football. And it just – it's sad because we're not, I, we're not really going to see – I don't think we're going to get to see Justin Fields this year. I don't think we're going to get to see Trevor – we're going to see Trevor Lawrence, but we're not going to get to see Justin Fields. And there have been talk about letting, letting some of these guys transfer in the next couple months so they can play. But I don't even know how that's going to look because then you're going to you're going to have all these these three other conferences just poaching the West Coast in the Midwest. Yeah, so, no, that's not going to happen. That's that's what I'm saying. That's just not. It'll be it'll be the Wild West, and so I just don't. It's just sad. It's sad. Who, where would Justin Fields go? You think Alabama? Uh, who I could see Justin because they need a quarterback. That kid, uh, that other kid's not getting it done. And then two was two his brothers transferred. He's in Maryland already, I believe. Um. So, where would Justin Fields go? I don't know. Who's a good coach? That's a good question. Who's a good coach? It's got to be in the South. 
think it's got to be. Yeah, and they need a court. They need a quarterback, but he's not. He's not going. They, they have to be a quarterback away. He, he he's not going to a team that's going to go like seven and six. He's going to go to a team that's got a chance. That's what I'm saying, Alabama. I could see him going to Alabama. I could see that. Nick Saban for. I mean, it has to be the SEC, right? Yeah, I mean, he can't go back to Georgia. Their quarterback room is pretty much full. Um, who's their quarterback this year? Oh, that kid from Wake Forest. Okay. Yeah, and he's pretty. He's pretty good. He's not going. Florida has Kyle Trask. They're going to go with him. Yeah. Um, LSU, LSU. Actually, I could see. I could see LSU because I don't. I don't think that kid is close to Joe. Not even. Joe Burrow is a different animal, but um, A and M, Kentucky, South Carolina. A and M has Kellen Mund, but I do think. How long has he been in college for? Good grief! A minute, (laughs) a minute, (laughs) fam. I feel like him and Mississippi State. Their quarterbacks just blur together. They always seem like they have the same guys, and they're always somehow redshirt sophomores. (laughs) But they feel like they've been there for ten years. So. Kellen Mund was pretty uh, highly rated out of, coming out of high school. He just hasn't. I don't think he's really lived up to the hype. He hasn't done. He hasn't won anything. They're always going to win. Like last year, I bet them over Clemson in the, as an underdog. And they got smoked. But um, I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, um, Alabama definitely. Uh, what was the other school you you named? LSU. LSU. I think LSU might be the best fit. Honestly. There's no way they, they let him transfer though, right? Like they have. Uh, there's. I think they. I think they are looking into it right now. If they, if Ohio State cannot play, like he either sits or he transfers. I think they would let him transfer because this is special. This is special situation, and well, he's he, trying to. It's they, him. It's him and Trevor for the number one pick. Pretty much, they're gonna battle it out. Kirk and if he does, says that he finds that he says he'd be shocked, and that he's very close with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. But what's the point? What's the point? If they can't get some games played, what's the point? Did you know that there's betting odds on this already? If they can – betting odds on what? Exactly. Where, jo- where Justin Fields is going to go. What are the top five schools that they have? Well, the, let me let me lob it out here. Um, reading the article. Reading the article. Uh, so, Justin Fields – has played has Justin Fields played his final down? Yes, minus two forty, no plus one eighty. And then the opposite, they are evaluating whether or not they can put schools in there. Um the six potential landing spots that they have identified are Oklahoma. Now the next one I like, the Miami. The Ooh, U. but but like they already have Derek King. Yeah, but you, I think that he, you could make a, you could make a little exception for Oklahoma State. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Their they coach kind of under fire. They have Spencer Sanders and a star running back, so I don't think that's a fit. Yeah, and and Oklahoma also has Spencer Rattler, who they're pretty high on, really, really high on. Yeah, but for a year it wouldn't be the worst. Thing. Tennessee, at I don't three. think it would be worth. Florida, I was State, thinking Tennessee. Florida State at two. They've been in that. Florida State's got that uh, Memphis's old coach. Uh, yeah, Norvell. Yeah, he's his offense is nice. I like his stuff. And you know who number one is? Who? Uh, it's LSU. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers with the X, baby. You already know what it is. 
Yeah. So I think we 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 smashed that. We nailed it. I think so too. I thought I was thinking Tennessee in the back of my head too a little bit because I can see they're they're one of those teams that's a piece away. If they could just get the quarterback play under under control, they'd be a very 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 good team, a very threatening team in the SEC. I mean, I, I think yeah. I just that if they let that happen, this would be a a total fiasco. Because what if like a sophomore transfers and then he's there for next year? Um, I don't know. It's be interesting. They have the they have uh, five uh, players from the Pac-12 who might transfer too. I would. I would do it at this point if there's no because the Pac-12 is not playing. Period. But Those are West Coast number schools. Number two is Jaden Daniels. And Jaden Daniels, that sophomore quarterback from Arizona State who started last year as a freshman. So I don't see, like, I don't see him transferring, though. And number one is Javon Holland, who's the corner safety from Oregon. Absolute I would see that. Beast. That's absolutely That's an absolute transfer right away. Like, he's got to go. Go down south, son. And that's the thing. Like, if there's an influx, if the best players in the nation all go down south to play – Home, do you know what kind of college football season we'd actually have? It would be better. It'd be like it would bubble. be literally be better. But and that, but that also helps in in some way for that helps in recruiting for the northern and west coast schools. Think about it. You have an influx of players because of COVID that transfer away. You get it. You start telling kids, "Hey, buddy, you can you you can play next year straight up. Like the spot is yours." And then you, you might see an influx of all these kids next February when signing day comes around. You might have a bunch of these guys just be like, I'm going to go to a, a Big Ten school. I'm going to go to a Pac-12 school because the roster depletions, they're going to have a better chance of starting and playing right away. And so you might see, because of this, you might actually see somewhat of a shift in the power. And this might end up, this might, like you said, might end up becoming a really good thing for the, for the Northern and West Coast schools. I mean, I, it's just if they let this transferring thing happen, who knows what will happen? It will be the Wild West. It will be the Wild West, man. You'll have guys calling each other like, "Hey, I'm going here. Where are you going?" Like it's gonna, it'll, it'll turn into super teams. Well, I mean, that'd be a lot of talent for not too many teams. Plus, I mean, and there's there's gonna be teams that might become good right overnight just because they get four or five guys show up on their doorstep. You know, September first, and they're like, "Hey, coach, I'm trying to, I'm ready to ball." So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to talk about. It's an interesting thing to look into, and it needs to happen sooner than later that they let these guys do this. Um, but what, what do you think your, do you think your requirements is just let them transfer, or do you have to be like a junior, or senior? Like, what, what do you think there should be like special requirements? Or do you think it'd just be like, let it go? Like, if your school shut down, you're good to transfer. Yeah, if your school shut down, good to transfer. Who, oh, my honestly, Lord. Just let it that'd go. That'd be crazy. They made the decision. You should be able to get to make a decision, too. It's true. Coaches can leave whenever they want. Coaches can leave. School can shut down. Players should be able to leave. Makes sense. Makes sense. And that, like I said, I think that would help recruit. Like, you might, you might have some teams that might be not as good as they – could have been last year, but like going forward, you're gonna those guys, those young guys are gonna get experience this next coming fall, and then that the influx of talent, those guys become start becoming household names, and then you have the prominence of the Pac-12 and the Big 12 come again, and then you have, and then like you said, going forward recruiting, you can say, hey, um, we care about you, 
like down south, they're going to play you regardless of what happens and put you at risk. But like, we're going to take care of you. We've got some of the best medical physicians. And, and if you see the conferences that shut down, the big, the big school conference, it's the MAC, which is in the north, the Big Ten, which is in the north. You have the Mountain West, West Coast Conference, and then you have the Pac-12, another West Coast Conference. And not to politicize this in any way, but majority, a lot of the states around in the Big, in the big Ten area are blue states, and the entire West Coast is blue. So, food it for is. thought, you can, take, you can take that for yourself. And then majority of the schools in the South, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are red states. So, you can take that for how it is. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll guess time will tell who's right. Time will tell who's right. But I, I do, I do, I think that transfer rule, I think, I think for this special situation, I think they should allow these guys to transfer. And it will also, like you said, it will probably, the influx of talent down to the south would probably really, really make this college, college football season a lot bit better. And like, and like I said, I think some teams will become good overnight. Here's, here's the, uh, Here's the final question of the podcast, in my opinion. If you had a school, if you were the uh, head of a like, conference or head of a school or whatever, and you had the decision to close or stay open, what would you do? Well, I would definitely, like, I would consult my medical guys, of course. Well, going just, th- let's go based on the information that you have right now. The information that I have right now. Yeah. I don't have any information right now. I don't have my medical. No, guy. You, but you're not. But we, you see what's going on in the world. You're not. You don't live with a hole in the your, the ground. Live in a hole in the ground. So let's say if you just had to make a decision in a vacuum right now, based on what you know as a person, would you say your school would be playing or no? I think it would be playing because you're not going to play a kid that has COVID. This I understand that someone could be asymptomatic, but these guys, all these programs have money, all these programs. Most of these schools have their own hospitals and have their own where people, where professors and doctors are literally trying things and trying to create vaccines for the coronavirus. Then people talk about like, this is where, like, if people don't understand, this is where people research things is on the college campuses. This is a lot of these, like a lot of these colleges have their own hospitals, have their own medical people. And they're not only are they, working on things day and night. Like they're also, they have these players where they can maybe try things and stuff like that. So for one, I think we're playing because you're not putting out God. Everybody who's going to be on the field has, has been tested numerous times. And it's same the way with the NBA. So you're not going to, you're not, you should have contracted from somebody um, out there on the playing field. And if you're, if you're abiding by the rules of your team, you're, uh, quarantining or your, cel- your social distancing, you're wearing your mask and you're doing all the guidelines, I said, I don't see why we wouldn't play. I think that's I don't, fair. I, don't I, think, think that's I, fair. I think that uh, there is enough information out. And I think after seeing the NBA play, and I understand, here's the deal. Here's the deal. They don't want to ex- – the South is willing to accept this. You know why? Because in the South, it's not, it's not taboo to give a kid, you know – Five dollars to get a sandwich. It's not. It's never been tapped because down south they understand the business of college football. It's hmm, it's the bureaucrats in the north and the the educated elite on the west that want to 
they want to seem like they're smart and like, yeah, we're shut, but like guys, like you're really trying to hold on to the model of these guys aren't pros. We don't want to make it seem like these guys are pros. These guys are student athletes first. We want to protect the student athletes and they're, they're willing to take the financial hit. They're trying to, they're trying to make that statement. Football and sports isn't important. Da, da, da. I, I understand. And I understand, but like, you don't know how you don't know how big of a hit this could really put on your entire athletic programs going forward. Is it going to be like? Will it be that they have to get rid of all these? Like, I don't think they get rid of college football. Like, I don't think it's possible. I think it's too much. Uh, it'd be crazy if it just became a southern sport and everybody goes down south to play college football. That would make recruiting and everything else way more crazy. But um, no, I just I, I think we play because with the data that I've seen and with what everything I've heard, I think that it'd be possible to play. And like, I think Urban Meyer said it on their show, like it's the team, the team that cares the most are, is the one that's going to make it to the end. So I understand we're dealing with college athletes and young guys, you know, 18 to 22 year olds. And, and in some cases, 23, you know, graduated transfers and stuff, 24 year olds. So a few older, but you're still young. And so, Yes, there would probably be a hiccup, a mistake, something here or there. Someone goes out to a party, but like that means that they didn't care. They didn't care enough. They didn't. They didn't have their eye on the prize. They didn't have their eyes on the end goal. They wanted to live in the now, and that's you got to live with that decision, and you got to move on with your life. And especially when you when you've been told over and over what to do, how to do it, the protocols have been set in place. It's 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 on it's on that individual person. So. Yeah, I think I think with the information I have, I'm not gonna hide behind the these guys are student athletes because it's just that's what it really that's what it really comes down to. Because like you're not telling me you're not you, you're telling me that Alabama can get a number one recruiting class every year and they haven't paid a single kid. No, 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 I no one would say that. Not one person is on the payroll. Not one. Me, no, I'm I'm no, I'm saying obviously a lot of people are. Exactly. And so it's, that's that's another thing. Like, like it's it's just the way college football is, like, especially in the South. Like, if you play, you play well, or you want to, you will get incentives. Because also, let's be real, being a college athlete, it's fun, it's glamorous. You can say you can have all the perks, but there's reason there's perks. There's reasons you get away with certain things. For one, as a, as a regular college student, you can get a job, you can have Yes, you're like some guys are paying for their way through school, but you have money in your pocket. You at some point or rather you have money in your pocket. The thing is being when you're on full scholarship, everything you have is paid to a team. There's no, most of the time there's nothing extra. Most of the time. Sometimes you get a stipend check, but that that's that, that's literally supposed to go towards your rent. So you have your rent, you have your so that's exactly whatever your rent is, and then you get three meals a day. They've changed. They've kind of changed that over time, so guys can get more food, uh, better medical. But for the most part, you you get your three meals a day. You go to practice, rehab, and you go to study hall, and that's your day. There's not really much time for much socializing. No. And those guys, there are a few guys that you know they they can pull it off. They can do everything, but it's a very rare few people that really. Most of the guys on these teams, they're going to school. They're going to practice. They're going to bed, and they're doing that every day, over and over and over. 
So it's not as not and yeah, and, and I wouldn't say it's as glamorous as some people. But you put a lot of work into your craft, and you have to put it. You have to stay eligible. That's why they have these tutors because twelve hours out of the day, you're either at school or practice. And me, and that doesn't that doesn't leave a lot of time for studying. Sometimes that doesn't leave time for you to get a job so you can make a little extra money, so you can put gas in your car and stuff like that. There's reasons why people have given student athletes little perks, a little fifty here and there, because some people have lived it, and some people just understand the way the system and the business works. Now, I'm not by any means am I saying that they should get these things more than other students. That uh, the kid, the kid that works in the the cafe shouldn't have right, one meal that come by and be like, yeah, I know you're working hard. Put a little hundred dollar in this. Like that should that should happen. That should happen for everybody, but it doesn't. No, no, because you know why? Forty thousand people, one hundred thousand people aren't coming to watch watch that kid wash dishes on the weekend. True. It's it's just it's just a fact, man. No, it's a fact of life. You're digressing too much. We got we got to wrap it up. I'm sorry. I wanted my little student athlete rant. No, no, it's okay. I'm just saying we're getting we're we're going too far from our origin spot. (laughs) <laughs> my bad it's anyway okay. it's a good rant <laughs> i think the kid who washes ditches dishes gets overpaid for what he does. <laughs> i'm just saying if, if thirty thousand, forty thousand people came and watched billy wash dishes on at uh, three o'clock on saturday you know what more power <laughs> to him <laughs> billy's got monetized <laughs> he does maybe he needs to make a youtube channel yeah all right well Okay, episode. one last topic. This is for our game heads out here. New Madden drops in a week or so. The new Madden, Madden 21. And there's been some speculation and rumors and a video finally was leaked and dropped of Madden's answer to 2K the part. Madden has come out with a six-on-six backyard version called Madden the Yard. And this, if, if you haven't seen this already... This is sick, game-changing, and Madden might have found a way to really steal some people over and really just kind of like they Madden might have rewrote the game. 2K, might, 2K helped them with the park, but this, from what I've seen from the video leaked and the, from the fields, it's, it's pretty dope. So the basis of this is it's your, it's your everyday backyard football. You got the – your three-second clock for the quarterback. You can you can you get your one blitz, and and of course you don't get first downs are every twenty yards, and you get you get three downs. You get three AI players, which are which will be pros, um, and then you have your three homies that you can make a create your created player from my player and uh, face the franchise. You can insert that person. You can play both sides of the ball, and as you go on. Your skill sets in heighten. Uh, every week, Madden adds more, more gear, more swag. I'm talking about this swag, this swag that they got in this new, in this new Madden the Yard is, is for for all them swag heads and sneaker heads, all them guys about like the the two arm sleeves, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred arm bands. You got the hoodie. They literally have every combination you can think of. This is the dopest thing I've seen Madden do in years. So, Riley, are you excited to play Madden the Yard? And have you seen the new videos leaked or anything like that? I told you. I have not. 
Um, I, I, I'm moderate excited. I don't have a ton of time for video games anymore. And I do like to play Madden Ultimate Team a lot. That's usually what I play when I have free time. Um, but I definitely check it out. But I wouldn't say I'm like super. I I don't think that I'm necessarily the person that's being targeted to. to well, I I would I would say I'm a little excited because I haven't been like happy with the Maddens. Like I've always been. You know, I still have an Xbox 360. I still play NCAA Football 14 to this day. I still think NCAA is one of the best video game franchises ever. But this is gonna. This is this really got my attention. This re- and like I'm ready to. I'm like Riley. Me and you need to get on the yard, man. I'm ready, bro. I'll, I'll definitely play and check it out. But I'm definitely. I like the. I like the regular Madden too. I didn't think this was a great year. I was kind of hoping they'd make some little improvements. To the what improvements actual- were you looking looking at for this new Madden? Uh, well, this year they had the run defense was just whack and. Uh, I, I don't just a little bit smoother gameplay and everything. Um, so just improving the overall engine of the game. I just, and uh, I mean, and I'm just going to be honest and say Madden has been trending towards you have to pay to be competitive. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of in-game purchases for the, for the yard. So I hope not. I think it's going to be like to get some of those extra things. Like you're going to have to pay and buy little packs here and there for like four or five bucks a pop. And that gets really frustrating really fast. If I'm gonna be honest. That's so my... so if they figure out a way to monetize the yard, you're probably not gonna be that interested. No, it will be monetized. I that's what they've done in everything. The superstar KO mode was the big thing for people this year, but I didn't personally care for it. Oh, I did not like super that that was just not that was, was not hokey. my cup of tea. It was hokey, hokey. It was hokey, man. It was cheesy, but this doesn't the the cheat this this looks like the best version of NFL Street since since NFL Street and that's what people have been wanting they've wanted a more arcadey like funner way to play and the 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 catches they have on this is ridiculous the some of the way you can play the gameplay uh, there's the double pass rule you can lateral to keep you can lateral during the play to keep the play alive. You can lateral multiple times during. It looks really, really fun. It looks exactly how you play in the backyard. I'm excited for it. I mean, it'll be out in a week and a half, so mm-hmm. I, I'll definitely pick it up and I'll, I'll give a live review on the show. That sounds amazing. All right, let's wrap it up at lunch hour. We did it. We did it, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. We came. We, we came through the night, and we come out the other side looking like gold. Ladies and gentlemen, keep riding with us. Keep trusting us. Keep listening to us. Uh, we got some new things up on our Instagram page. Uh, Riley's decided he will take over our Twitter sphere. I'm over here on the Instagram. Um, keep. We're going to keep pumping out more content. Um, the YouTube channel is coming. Uh, we don't know exactly when, but probably within. As soon as we hire an editor. <laughs> new, probably mid-September, early October, probably. We'll get that going, and you'll be able to see our lovely, beautiful faces for the first time. Um, we're excited. We're excited for all the new changes coming up this next year. I'm, I'm gonna be happy when this quarantine COVID shit is over, so I can go do regular human things. Eight, and I'm sure you, ten, you, you all out there are too. Yeah, I'm sure. So, Riley, tell me about the card show this weekend. Um, so, I mean, it's not a huge deal. I bet it's going to be slow because of the Blazer game tomorrow. 
But I mean, it's just a bunch, like 50, 60 people just come up and they plop their stuff out there. Uh, last time I did it, I, I spent like five, $5,000 buying stuff. Lord. Uh, bought a Kobe autograph and made some big sales as well. So I'm bringing like a table of like $30,000, $40,000 worth of collectibles. And I sell. And Chase was supposed to come and help me out, but he flaked to go do crawdad fishing. And I'm clearly upset about it. Uh, you are clearly upset about it. Well, because I need someone to sit there with me to watch my table so I can go around and buy stuff and use the bathroom and stuff. It's a hassle for me now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Riley. Well, yeah, it's just... You know I'd help you if I was there. I know, right? You missed it by a week. Hey, you, you live, to, you learn. You have to come to the next one. I got you. Let me pull up the dates right now. Let me lock it in live on there. <laughs> Nigga, this, oh, this motherfucker. Oh, this dude right here. Oh. Right, I'm already on the website. Just give me 10 seconds. Oh, man. this is, You're going to get me in front of everybody like this, dog, before we wrap it up? You really September finna- 12th. Oh, my God. What day? Is that a Saturday? Saturday after 9-11. Thanks, Osama. We might have to edit that. That's a joke. That's very distasteful joke. It's been been 20 years. If it's been 20 years, we can't laugh about it now. We'll never be able to. We can't let the terrorist win. We can't. We can't let the terrorist win. I mean, there's a little There's an expiration. You can tell jokes, and I think we've hit ours for 9-11. At least me personally. You can tell us in the comments if I'm wrong. (laughs) Do let us know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to put explicit on this one. Oh <laughs> what a day, what a day. What a week. What a week. We made it through. We All made right, it. we're really we're going off the rails now. From everybody here <laughs> enough said. Uh, I'm Riley. That's Virgil and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>